Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. All right, all right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Peddling Fiction. It's good to be back. I am your host, Johnny the Gentile Profita, flying solo today. I just got back from a a nice long trip in Mexico, so I've been on a bit of a hiatus, bagging some rays, throwing the football around like point break on the beach. But of course, I get back... And I hear, I hear a clip of none other than the great Maxine Waters talking to a bunch of the um, CEOs of the of the banking industry. All the big banks were were testifying in front of the House Financial Services Committee, and it got me a little riled up. So I just thought I would take on the student loan debt crisis. That Maxine Waters is so concerned about, yet she has absolutely no idea what's been going on with it, what the problem is, or any solution to it. So, okay, well, well, Maxine Waters, perhaps the dimmest bulb in Congress, and I realize that is saying quite a bit, You're, there, <laughs> the, the number of dimly lit bulbs in Congress grows with every election cycle. I'm not sure which one is flickering brighter, her or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. But Maxine Waters is the chairwoman of the House Financial Services Committee. And boy, oh boy, was she excited to get all the head, all those evil heads, the CEOs of all the big banks. She was dragging them into Congress to give them their annual update on all things financial services, as if it's any business of the federal government to get involved in the financial services industry. I mean, I could go on and on about how the government should have no role in in this sector of the economy, but is there any better... (laughs) Is there any better argument for getting the federal government out of the financial industry than the fact that people like Maxine Waters, idiots, purebred idiots, could be in charge of the committee that makes all the decisions to regulate the financial financial industry? And the, and the student loan debt issue is, is the perfect example because it is 100% government-made. 100% on the shoulders of the government, as she will soon find out when I play this clip. She's going to come to the realization that, oh, shit, uh, federal government's been doing this for the last 10 years and have really exacerbated this, the problem that they started creating when they began um, guaranteeing the student loans. But we'll, we'll get into that a little later. But, I mean, just the fact that such an important 
such an important position could be headed by the likes of Maxine Waters, I think might be the best argument against having the federal government involved in anything. And this is a complete disaster, and she has no idea what's going on. But anyways, the important thing is that she spent the first, <laughs> the first part of her, her questioning on whether or not the banks were monitoring their accounts for Russian collusion and Russian involvement, um, Russian conspiracy crap. So that, that's what she spent <laughs> her initial questioning on. At least I think that came first. I'm not sure if that came before or after the student loan crisis, but obviously it's much more important to make sure that Russians don't have bank accounts with us than it is to um, figure out why we have almost $2 trillion in outstanding student loan debt. But Maxine Waters has been one of those politicians that's just been obsessed with the whole Russia collusion thing and trying to get Trump impeached for it, and she just still can't let it go. Even after the Mueller report comes out, which showed no collusion whatsoever, and there won't be any further indictments or anything like that, she just can't let it go. She's got to keep pushing this whole Russia conspiracy thing. You know, it wasn't too long ago when... <laughs> Um, Obama was in the, the debates with Mitt Romney and Mitt Romney, the Republicans were the ones that were obsessed with Russia. And Mitt Romney was talking about how Russia was the biggest threat to the United States. And I remember o o Obama came back with, hey, hey, Mitt Romney, the 80s called. They want their foreign policy back. Oh, how the tables have turned. And now now it's the, the Democrats that are completely obsessed with Russia. It, it is, um, it's really pretty unbelievable. But anyways, I, I'm, I'm getting off, I'm getting off track here. So after she went over some Russia collusion stuff, <laughs> after she grilled the CEOs on whether or not they um, monitor all their accounts for connections to Russia, she decided to take on... <laughs> The, the student loan crisis, as she sees it. Student loan debt crisis, I should say. Um, there's not a crisis with students getting loans. The crisis is with the students paying back the loans that they've been given. So, well, let's just go ahead. Uh, we'll play the clip. And uh, <laughs> sorry, I, I can't stop laughing. It's just because I've already heard, <laughs> heard the clip, and it is, it is hilarious. Okay, so this is Maxine Waters. She's got... All the heads of all the big banks, you know, Bank of America, Citigroup, J.P. Morgan, Jamie Dimon, they're all there. And and she's going to get to the bottom of what, what they can do to solve the student debt, the out, outstanding student loan debt problem. So go ahead. Go ahead, Maxine. Let them have it. Thank you. Today, there are more than 44 million Americans that owe this is student loan crisis. 1.56 trillion in student loan debt. Last month, this committee received testimony that last year, 1 million student loan borrowers <coughs> defaulted, which is on top of the 1 million borrowers who defaulted the year before. What are you guys doing to help us with the student loan debt? Who would like to answer first? Mr. Monahan, Big Bank. Uh, we stopped making student loans in 2007 or so. Oh, so you don't do it anymore, Mr. Corbett? We exited student lending in 2009. Mr. Diamond? When the government took over student lending in 2010 or so, we stopped doing all student lending. Uh, thank you. What about small business? 
<laughs> okay, so let's let's stop it right there. This is the chairwoman, the ranking member of the House Financial Services Committee, has no idea that under the Obama administration, attached to, of all things, the Affordable Care Act, was legislation that ended the government student loan guarantee program and replaced it with direct government loans to students. No idea. No idea that this is going on. Chairwoman of the House Financial Services Committee looking for her annual update on the student loan debt crisis and has no idea that the government's now making all of the fucking loans. And how did, how did this student loan debt crisis get started? Why do all these students have so much debt? Why is college so expensive? What's going on here? Um, let, let me, for all, all you listeners out there, and perhaps we can get a clip of this to Maxine Waters. If you want to get to the bottom of the student loan debt crisis, you have to go back to why students need loans to go to college in the first place and what sort of incentive structure was given <laughs> to the banks to loan to them. So if we back up, uh, I don't know when, they, when exactly they started, maybe in the 80s, something like that. Um, the government started, the government did the exact same thing they did with the housing industry and eventually with the healthcare industry. When they set out to make things more affordable for everyone, you know, everyone should own a house. It's the the key to becoming, you know, achieving the American dream and entering the middle class. Everyone should have a house. Everyone should have healthcare. We're going to make it more affordable for everyone. And of course, when the government says they're going to make it more affordable, all they mean is they're going to make it easier for you to go into debt to overpay for something. That's what they mean by affordable. I know I point out these instances in just about every podcast where the government takes these words that we all know the meaning of. We use them in our everyday lives. When you make something affordable, the price comes down. The price doesn't go up when you make things affordable unless you're the government. Okay? This is another one of those instances where they take one of the words that everybody knows what the meaning is and they completely pervert it. Completely misuse it. Okay, so in order for things to be affordable, according to the government, uh, the price can go up 8, 10% every year, and we'll just allow you to borrow more and more money to overpay for things. So just like they did with Fannie and Freddie before the, the housing financial collapse, they had Fannie and Freddie guaranteeing all the mortgages, so housing prices kept going up. This is the exact same the exact same issue, just a different sector of the economy. Now, instead of housing, it's college education, college tuition. So just like they did with Fannie and Freddie guaranteeing, guaranteeing loans for, for houses, the government steps in. Oh, you know, everyone should go to college. College is the key to entering the middle class and pulling yourself out of poverty. If you have a college education, you're you know, half as likely to be unemployed. You're going to make twice as much money over your lifetime. I mean, forget the fact that those are very misleading statistics and you can basically get statistics to tell you anything that, anything that you want except for the truth. Forget who said that. Um, there, there's just so many problems with the way that they mislead people and propagandize students to think that the only way that you can achieve success is if you get a college degree. 
which is just patently false. There are plenty of people out there that earn very nice livings without a college degree. Forget about not just like the Bill Gates, of the world that drop out, never went to college, the Vanderbilts, the Rockefellers, never had college degrees, things like that. Um, you know, people who start their own businesses, entrepreneurs, they make far and above what what most college grads make if they have if you start your own successful business or even if you just go to a trade school, you know, you become an underwater welder or something like that, you'll make a ton of money. Ton of money with no debt. Especially this day and age when you have the internet, you have online training courses, you have um, companies like Skillshare, you can learn a million um, a million different skills that are that are a ridiculously cheap amount of money that are marketable skills that will actually allow you to provide value to the economy. But, you know, they, they take these statistics and they're not comparing apples to apples, right? You're not taking what they do when they say you can, you know, if you have a college degree, you're, you're going to make like over your lifetime, like two and a half million dollars more or something like that. They're not comparing two similar people to each other. It's not like they're taking two students that had similar grades throughout throughout school, similar SAT scores, similar extracurricular activities showing that they had ambition and drive and all that stuff, and then they're comparing the outcomes of those two people. No, no. They're, they're taking aggregate numbers, which includes all sorts of different people in different, uh, with different aptitudes, et cetera, different... Um, different backgrounds, different uh, family structures, all that stuff. And they're, they're looking at all college grads and all non-college grads and drawing conclusions based off of aggregate data. And it's really just a matter of correlation does not equal causation. Just because somebody went to college and is making a lot, uh, a lot more money than somebody who didn't go to college doesn't mean that it's the college degree, which is the reason why they're earning more money. College degree could have nothing to do with it. But so the government wants to make college more affordable. So in order to a lot, you know, they want, they want all these poor people to be able to go to college, right? If you can't afford it, we want you to be able to get a loan so that you can go to college and you can, pull yourself out of poverty and you can enter the middle class and then you can buy your house and achieve the American dream. So-called American dream as they see it. Right? So what they do is they start, since banks would not normally, (laughs) no bank that actually wanted to stay in business would loan money to a 17 year old kid with no income, no job, no job prospects, no collateral, no nothing. There is no chance a bank is going to make that loan. I mean, why would they? There's 0% chance of it getting paid back. Or the interest rate would have to be astronomically high to compensate them for the risk that they'd be taking. Right? Um, Yeah, no no bank would ever loan money to some 17-year-old kid to go off to college to take fucking bong rips and read books for four years. Just absolutely ridiculous. But so what the government does is... They go to the banks and they say, hey, if you give these students money to go to college, we will guarantee the loans. Okay, so if once the kid graduates and he can't pay back the loans, the government will step in 
and 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 pay back the bank for the money that they loaned them. Okay, and when they say the government, they mean the taxpayer. Okay, presumably the exact same college student that just graduated. <laughs> so, I mean, th- this whole system is so fucking stupid. Okay, but that's so that's what they do. And so, what do the banks do? Obviously, they respond to that incentive because a government guaranteed loan is a guarantee that the loan gets paid back. The government has an unlimited supply of fiat money that it can create out of thin air. So why wouldn't the bank now make that loan? A, a loan that they would never normally make, a, a loan to a, a 17-year-old kid to go off and read books for four years, sometimes eight. I mean, you know, a lot of people go to college for seven years. Right? Little Tommy boy. But so the the bank would have never made these loans in the first place, but now they they have a, a a government guarantee which you could take that to the bank, pun intended, that they're going to get their money back. So of course they're going to make that loan. And not only that, not only are they going to make student loans, but they're going to divert capital from other loans that are more risky to the the new cre- newly created college bubble. Right? Why would a bank loan loan money to an entrepreneur to start a business to grow the actual economy to create jobs? Because you know, half of those or seventy five percent of those fail in the first couple of years. Why would they take on that kind of risk when they can just loan money to a student and get a guarantee from the government that the loan's going to be repaid? Right. So now, not only are they creating this bubble in college tuition. But they're diverting. It's called crowding out. They're, 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 cr- there's only so much money that the banks can lend, right? So they have to make a decision on how much of that um, capital they're going to loan out for various things. And the, you know, the less risk they can take in, in loaning that money out, the more money is going to go to that sector. So you get less loans going to productive activities that actually grow the economy and create jobs and more of it going to this phony college bubble that the government just now created through this government guaranteed loan program okay so that's the first step and if it doesn't sound familiar it should because we've seen this play out before this is exactly what they did to create the housing bubble that collapsed in 2008 the exact same thing Government guaranteed mortgages, right, um, diverts bank capital to making risky loans to borrowers who had no business buying a house, which drives up the price of housing to an unsustainable level. And eventually it all collapses. And the same thing is going to happen in the student loan section with, with the student loan debt. The exact same thing. It would be nice if... At some point, the government can learn from all the mistakes that they're making. But how could you when you have people like Maxine Waters in charge of these committees that can't make these connections, that have no understanding of what's going on? They have no concept of of economics or finance or anything like that. And they can't understand the repercussions, the ramifications of all these policies they're putting in place. All they care about is getting the votes of, 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 of poor people. And I don't care how well-intentioned these policies are because obviously I want poor people to have houses. I want poor people to have education, but I, I don't want them overpaying for it. And I don't want them 
worse off because we we entice them to borrow way too much money that they can't pay back to put them in a house for a few years because eventually they're not going to be able to make those payments or they're going to graduate with a worthless degree and they won't be able to get a job and now they'll be saddled with debt. They're putting them, the, the very people they're supposed to help, just like every government policy ever created, the very people that the, these policies are intended to help are the ones who get royally fucked by them every single time all right so you guys we we need to wake up okay we need to stop repeating these mistakes it's just so obvious it's so obvious what's going to happen and anyway so that's that's the first step in the process all right and now what do the colleges do well the colleges can do the math on this too all right they know that the, the the kids now have basically an uh, an unlimited supply of money from the banks to bid up college tuitions, right? So now they can raise their prices at an even faster clip than they normally would have because there, there's nothing to stop the, the, the banks from loaning to these students because the government's going to guarantee the loan. So in their infinite wisdom to make college more affordable, they, in fact, did the exact opposite thing. They made it far less affordable. They incentivized the colleges to increase their tuition. They incentivized students, 17-year-old students who know nothing, who have nothing, have no job prospects, to borrow tens of thousands of dollars to go overpay for worthless college degrees. All right. And then after after the government guaranteed loans start to create this bubble and and college tuition and prices keep going up and students keep getting saddled more with more debt what's the next step well obviously it's the greedy private sector capitalism that that has screwed this whole system up and the government needs to step in eliminate the middleman that's making all those greedy evil profits and and fix the problem once and for all with direct government loans to students Again, just like they did in the housing sector. I mean, this is par for the course. This is right out of the government playbook. So, enter Barack Obama. And Barack Obama takes a look at the problem, the Marxist that he is, and he says, hey, all of these fucking banks, these greedy bankers, they're making profits off these loans. We're wasting tens of billions of dollars that are going to these banks because they're, they're making these profits from these student loans. Why don't we just cut out the middleman? We'll cut out the banks and we'll loan to the students directly. You know, profit, you know, those evil profits that, that it's so inefficient to earn a profit <laughs> in the, in the mind of a Marxist, the profits are what, are what create the inefficiencies. And of course it's the actual profit incentive that, incentivizes people to increase their efficiencies so that they can enhance their profits. But that's a discussion for a whole other podcast. So instead of giving the banks the tens of billions of dollars, we can give the students the tens of billions of dollars, right? So that they can afford college. (laughs) Well, here, here's the man himself, the black Jesus, the savior. So I want more people to be able to make the investment you're making. I want to make it easier for more students like you to earn a degree without shouldering a a mountain of debt. Because even though education 
A college education is still a great investment. The burden of debt is serious, and it's hard on folks just as they're starting off in life. I, I don't want to be a country where a shrinking number of people are doing really, really well, and then a growing number are barely able to get by. I want everybody in America to get a fair shot. So, so that's why my administration has already taken a bunch of steps. We fixed a broken student loan system that was given tens of billions of dollars to big banks and said, let's give that money directly to students, use that money to afford college. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it, right? Mission accomplished. Thank you very much, President Obama. You've taken a horrible problem that the government created by guaranteeing the student loans and exacerbated it 10, 15, 20-fold. Well done. You heard it. Use that money to afford college. Or, as anybody who understands basic economics would say, use that money to bid up the price of a college degree. So if you thought college tuition was going up when a lot when the government was guaranteeing the loans, well, take, take the banks and, and their inefficient profits out of that scenario and have you know the, the efficiency of the government take over and loan directly to students and watch those prices skyrocket. Pull up a chart. I, I can't do video right now, maybe someday, but just Google a chart of the, the prices of um, uh, prices of college tuition or the uh, the amount of outstanding student loan debt. And and this was in this is exactly what the the bankers were talking about when they got out of the business in 2009 2010 because Obama stuck this um, student loan program into the Affordable Care Act, which is probably 2010 was when it was uh, went into effect, something like that. Okay, so the bank stopped loaning to students because the government's no longer guarantee guaranteeing the loans and the government starts loaning directly to the students to you know take those profits that those greedy bankers were going to make and give those profits presumably to the students right so that they can afford a college degree all right and college tuition skyrockets so predictably to anybody that understands economics Anybody that understands economics saw this coming a mile away 10 years ago. Listen to anybody from the Austrian School of Economics, and they called this to a T. This is a government-created problem, just like everything is, comes down to the government meddling in capitalism, screwing everything up, and then blaming capitalism for failures of socialism. Maxine Waters wants to know what the banks are going to do to help out with this problem. Okay, The problem is government. The problem is the government interference in the free market. If you want college tuition prices to come down, guess what? Stop fucking loaning money to students to bid up prices. You think all these, what do you think all these schools would do if uh, if nobody could get money, uh, if nobody could borrow money to go to college, you think they would just close their doors? You know, if, if nobody could afford to go to Rutgers for fifty thousand dollars a year, whatever it is, Rutgers would just be like, oh well, you know, uh, guess we're closing up shop. No, no, prices come down. That's what happens. They have to come down. The market has to clear. Otherwise, they have no students. It's, it's really simple. It's a really simple process if you're not a communist <laughs> or you haven't 
been uh, brainwashed in some Keynesian economics course. And the other thing that um, that Obama did with um, with the student loan program was he signed an executive order because I think under the 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 loan guaranteed program where they where the government was just guaranteeing the loans I think it was capped uh, the amount you had to pay back every month was capped at fifteen percent of your income and after twenty five years the loans were forgiven okay and so then he signed an executive order that lowered that to twenty years and ten percent of your income which of course all that would do is incentivize people to borrow more money to take on more debt because you have to pay less of it back over time, right? If it's capped at 10% and it's forgiven after 20 years, no matter what the balance is, well, then you're, you're more likely to take on more and more debt. And prices get it. You know, the, the, the schools can do the exact same math. So now, you know, instead of the, uh, borrowing $70,000 to go to school or $75,000 to go to school, you could borrow like 110, 115, whatever the. You know, I don't know how the math works out on that, but if it's going to cost you the exact same amount to borrow $125,000 as it would to borrow $100,000, well, you're going to borrow the 125. I mean, imagine if there was, you know, imagine if there was no price, if they were just immediately forgiven. You people would be borrowing billions of dollars. <laughs> so, it's no wonder prices are going through the roof. This is a government-created problem. And now the whole thing's been politicized. So what's what's the incentive going to be for politicians? Well, as the debt keeps piling up and defaults keep piling up, we'll cap it at five percent of your income or three percent of your income, and you know you can pay it back uh, if it's not paid back in fifteen years. You know we'll forgive it for ten years and then five years, and then pretty soon they'll just forgive all of it. We'll just write it all off, and um, we'll have free college tuition for everybody. The government will pick up the tab. Then it will really get expensive. You want prices to come down, you get the government out of the way. It's that simple. Stop loaning money to students to go to college. All right? There, we have way too many kids going to college in the first place. Okay? College is a joke now. It's a joke. All right? And it's a very elitist attitude to think that the only dignifying work you can do in the world involves a college degree and some fancy suit and you're sitting behind a computer all day long. Okay. There are plenty of careers out there that people can do that, that, that are, 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 you can make a wonderful living at. Okay. And it's not, you know, there's nothing wrong with working with your hands for a living. There's nothing wrong with learning a trade. You know, I used to work at a paint store as a kid and there were, um, specialty painters that would come in. These guys were making a fortune. If you knew how to do um, specialty work, like faux finishing, which is where you know you do that sort of textured painting with, with sponges and stuff like that, you do designs on the wall. Or if you knew how to do, you know, certain types of construction stuff or woodworking or anything like that, anything with marble. These guys are making a fortune doing that stuff, and they probably never went to college. And one of the reasons these guys can charge hundreds of dollars an hour, and this was this was decades ago, they were making two two hundred dollars an hour doing specialty specialty painting, specialty um, construction. One of the reasons why they could charge, they could command such a good wage, is because everybody here is going to college and getting worthless liberal arts degrees. So we don't have anybody that can do these things. They can charge a premium because there's nobody out there that, that can do what they can do. And who knows? Maybe you start out as a painter and then 
after a few years, you learn the ropes, you get a crew together, you become you st- you start your own paint painting business, and now you have people that do the painting, and you just manage the business. Okay, so there's and there's nothing wrong with doing that. You, it, it's it it could be very fulfilling to after you know a long day's work, you can take a step back and look at something that you created that somebody else is very happy with. So this whole idea that there's the only way to the only way to the middle class, the only, the only path to income involves going to some indoctrination center for another four years, or you get a, a worthless gender studies degree, women's studies, Chicano studies, some worthless liberal arts degree where you learn nothing. In fact, you learn worse than nothing. You learn a bunch of fucking nonsense about how there are 17 different genders. You come out prepared for nothing, saddled with hundreds of thousand dollars worth of debt, with no jobs, and of course, all of the money that would have been uh, loaned out to businesses to create those jobs, to invest in plant and equipment, to grow the economy, that was all diverted to to the college bubble. It was all squandered by people overpaying for college degrees. I mean, how many people do we need to teach gender studies to people? How many philosophy teachers do we need? I mean, all these things, you become a philosophy teacher to teach philosophy, <laughs> and it just keeps perpetuating. <laughs> you know, you, you get your philosophy degree, then you become a philosophy teacher, and you teach philosophy to more people who are earning a philosophy degree to become philosophy teachers. I mean, we have maxed this out. It's over, okay? It's over. It's time to give, become a productive economy again. So, yeah, now there's no jobs for students that, that graduate with these worthless degrees. And the taxpayers are on the hook for these loans when the, when the students who graduate with no, with no job, saddled with debt, can't make the loan payments because the, government, because the government has either guaranteed the loan or made the loan directly. And, of course, remember, the government has no money of its own to, be, to begin with. So any money that they're loaning to the students, they have to borrow. So the government has to borrow to loan the money to the students. And who pays back the money that the government loan that the government borrows? Well, it would be the students after they graduate if they can get a job. And look at how fucked up this system is, and it's all the government's fault. It's 100% their fucking fault. And there's Maxine Waters who has no goddamn idea what time it is. No chairwoman of the House Financial Services Committee. God knows how she got that fucking position. I don't even know how she keeps getting elected. The fact that she's doing anything other than serving coffee in a fucking Waffle House is absolutely ridiculous. And even that might be too tall in order because you have regular coffee and you have decaf coffee. But people look up to this woman. I know people who actually try to get her to speak at their events. Maxine Waters, as if she has an actual rational thought rattling around in that head of hers. My God, she knows next to nothing. And and here she is telling the banks, well, how are you going to fix this problem for us? As if if the banks can do anything about it. The money's already been loaned. This is 100% on the shoulders of the government. And I mean, (laughs) and it's, I mean, it. Even the, the government guaranteed loan program, you can't, I can't blame the banks for that either. Just like I can't really blame them for the, giving the, the bad mortgage loans. You're incentivizing them to do it. 
you're essentially giving them free money. Of course they're going to take it. Of course they're going to take it. So how do you fix that problem? Well, you don't you you can't blame the institutions for taking the the free money. Anybody would do that. The problem is that the government is in a position of power to incentivize to put those sort of incentive structures in place. I can't blame the students for taking out the loans because they've been nothing but propagandized in government schools their entire lives to, to think that the only way that you can survive in this country, the only way you're going to get a job and have a decent life is if you get a college degree. So borrow as much money as you need to. Forget about the, the payments. We'll, we'll worry about paying off the debt later. Just make sure you get the college degree. They're 17-year-old kids. They don't know shit. And one of the reasons they don't know anything is because the government's been teaching them for the last 17 years. It's another problem. So you got to get rid of the government. You get the government out of it, out of all of it. All right, Maxine, that's the plan. I, I don't know what you do now with you $1.56 trillion in outstanding student loan debt. I mean, Jesus Christ. It, I think it was in my lifetime that the entire national debt of the country was only $1.5 trillion. I think that was like under Reagan. Yeah, yeah, it was. So I was actually alive when the entire national debt was less than $1.5 trillion. The entire national debt. And now we have that in just student loans. Just student loans. That's not credit card debt. That's not mortgage debt. It's just loans for worthless college degrees. And thank God, thank God the government stepped in to make it more affordable. I mean, what a perverted view of affordability. I mean, there is no way that's getting paid back. So that's all going to have to just be forgiven. Uh, You know, the government's already, you know, you can tell that they want to just make, they want to forgive all that debt, buy off those votes, right? And then make college free for everybody, tuition free course right government uh, the government will pick up the tab for that they'll pick up the tab for healthcare, and then you'll really see how affordable things get you thought it was expensive when the government was just making the loans wait until it's free nothing is ever more expensive than when the government makes it free so this this is a complete disaster maxine waters uh, chairwoman of the house financial services committee I mean, she's she's who's in charge now of fixing this problem. That's our hopes and dreams are pinned on the shoulders of Maxine Waters. My God, are we in trouble? Oh, well, let me see if I have. I think I have one more clip of her, though. But just to go back to that first clip for a second. I mean, aren't you embarrassed, Maxine Waters? Aren't you the aren't the people who voted for you embarrassed? Do they ever get to see you in action? So she goes, how are you guys going to, how are you guys going to help us out with this problem? Well, you know, we stopped uh, making those loans 10, 10 years ago. So uh, this, this problem, it's kind of on you. Oh, okay, Bank of America. So you're not doing it anymore. Uh, Citigroup, how about you? Uh, we stopped 10 years ago as well, as soon as the government got involved. Oh, oh, really? Okay, JP Morgan. Yeah, um, as soon as the government took over the student loan lending, we stopped doing it as well. Okay, moving right along. What about small businesses? Like, just I mean, she just shifts to small businesses, which is another area the government has no business being involved in. Stop it. Stop it, Maxine. Stop involving yourself in the economy. You have no business being there. And go be a greeter at Walmart. I hear they're hiring. 
at least to her credit, she didn't go down the entire line of bankers. There were five or six other um, heads, uh, CEOs of banks there who she could have asked the exact same question. I think she got the point after after the third bank was like, yeah, no, no, no. We stopped doing that as soon as the government ended that program. But I mean, for as much time as she spends trying to rally people around impeaching Trump because he's unfit to serve. I mean, talk about people uh, who live in glass houses throwing stones. Shouldn't we be able to remove her from office? I mean, or at least remove her from this committee? She clearly has no idea what's going on, has no business being there. I mean, doesn't she have, like, does anybody look over her questions? She doesn't have a staffer or anything that just be like, Hey, let me uh, let me give your give your your questions a, a, a quick once over to make sure you're not going to look like the complete idiot that you are on national TV. So yeah, I, I think I might I might be onto something here. Let's kick her off the committee, get her out of Congress. I'm sure we could. <laughs> I'm sure we could bring back you know Sanford and Sons, and she could find a role playing on Esther. <laughs> Sanford and Sons remake. She'd be perfect for that. Yeah, I I think that that would be the perfect role for her. I don't see her as a Walmart greeter anymore. She's not a very um she doesn't have a very warm embrace. <laughs> I don't I don't see her as a nice very nice greeter. I don't think she could handle two different pots of coffee at a Waffle House. But on Esther, on Esther, absolutely. So yeah, our hopes and dreams uh, of solving the $1.56 trillion in outstanding student loan debt rests on the shoulders of a woman who, who's probably barely qualified to be a stand-in for on Esther on Sanford & Sons. We have defaults piling up, predictably increasing year over year. Fewer and fewer students are paying off these loans. The, the taxpayer is going to be on the hook for another for trillions of dollars more of these loans. Maxine Waters, in her infinite wisdom, as the ranking member of the House Financial Services Committee, here is her... <laughs> this, is, this is about as much thought as she's put into this problem, and I think this is about all we're going to get out of her. So take it away, Maxine. I'm going to ask you and all that you do to think about all that student debt and I know that you sold the debt and you're not involved with student loans anymore, but we have a whole population of millennials who are out there who are still the victims of the debt that uh, was incurred because they were trying to get an education. I'm asking you if you can come up with a creative product of some kind to deal with this population of millennials who can't buy a home, who can't get married, who can't buy an automobile, who don't have insurance, on and on and on. I think you, the captains of the universe, are smart enough, creative enough, and understand this business enough, despite the fact you've sold off that debt, it's not your responsibility to see what you can do about these citizens, these young people whose lives will not be, well, the potential will never be realized unless they can get out from under this debt. I don't know what it is. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'd like you to think about it. And next year, when you come, I hope that you can uh, give us some answers. <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, next year, just think about it. Maybe you can give us some answers on how to get us out of this problem that we created. I will give her credit. She has at least linked 
a lot of the consequences of the government involvement in the education system to the the current situation that that these um, millennials are in. Right, they're graduating with essentially a mortgage payment and no house. Right, they're hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. They have no job prospects because they're qualified for nothing because they got worthless degrees. Okay, and college has just been so so dumbed down now because everyone has to go to college, right? Which means we have to lower the standards for everyone to get in. You know, that's why you have. You have kids going to have kids who have no business going to college. They have no aptitude for it. They'd be far better off learning a trade or or getting like an apprenticeship or something like that. So they they spend they have to spend the first two years of college borrowing tens of thousands of dollars to take remedial math and English courses just to get them to at some level where you can try to teach them something. If that is even the goal of the schools, I don't know. They just seem more and more like Marxist indoctrination centers to me. But I will, I do have to give Maxine Waters some credit. She has realized that because these students have gone into debt, they can no longer um, afford to buy a house or maybe car insurance, or um, and it is it is causing problems in relationships too. Because when you marry somebody, you're taking on their student loan debt. And when you get two people with a couple hundred G's worth of student loan debt put together, get married, look out. That, that, is, that is a problem. People, aren't get, people are, are waiting much longer to get married. But what she can't do is you know, put the pieces together as to why college is so expensive when I mean, who could have seen it coming when the government set out to make it more affordable, right? It's 100% at the foot of the government. And now she's trying to ask bank CEOs to try to come up with some financial product, some magical solution to just wait, like as if they can just wave their wand and make these this outstanding debt go away. I have no idea what she's what she expects them to come up with over the next year. But this is just so typical of government. They insert themselves into an area where there is no problem in an attempt to earn votes from people, right? They create all sorts of problems, all sorts of problems. Then they compound those problems with further government policies intended to fix the the first set of problems they created. And now they're... They're either asking, I don't know if she's asking the, the, the banks to come up with some sort of financial product that, that can try to solve this problem, or if she wants the, the banks to present a, gov- a new government program, uh, some new government, something that the government can do to attempt to fix the, the problems that they've created. All they do is they just keep putting Band-Aids on top of Band-Aids on top of Band-Aids, but what they're doing is they're putting Band-Aids on top of cancer. And the cancer is spreading. It will continue to spread until you physically remove the cancerous tumors. And that cancerous tumor is government. And you can rest assured, as soon as that cancer spreads throughout the entire host's body, it will be misdiagnosed by the Maxine Waters of the world as a problem with free market capitalism. And of course, the solutions that they will prescribe will be the opposite of removing the tumor, the opposite of radiation. They're just going to make it bigger. I don't know what the opposite of radiation is, but that's what they'll do to it. One thing is for sure, though, when this does all blow up, it will be the fault of all the greedy 
free market capitalists out there. Government had had no hand in any of these problems. This was all the greedy bankers trying to make a profit. And look how they screwed over all these poor, innocent kids. And the solutions that they come up with will always be more government, more government intervention, and that will only serve to make matters worse. You can take that to the bank. But if you want the solution, if you want to cure the cancer, the solution, Maxine, is the free market. The solution is to get the government out of making loans to anyone, let alone 17-year-old immature ignoramuses with no life experience, no idea what they want to do for a living, that are going to go off to, to college, just take remedial classes, go binge drink, rip bongs, and read books for four years. You're lucky if they crack a book at this point. <laughs> the solution is to let market forces determine the prices of these worthless degrees because there is no way on God's green earth that a, a, that they, a, bank, a college could charge tens of thousands of dollars a year to teach kids that there are 17 genders and you know profits are evil, Keynesian economics... And you, you come out of that with uh, a, a piece of paper, $100,000 worth of debt, and no job prospects. There is no way a system like that gets perpetuated this long without government backing. So get the government out of the way, okay? Banks won't make these loans either because they're not suicidal. Nobody wants to loan money to a 17-year-old kid with no income, no job, no prospects, no collateral, no nothing, Okay, prices will come down. They have to come down. If colleges want to still be colleges, they will have to lower their prices because right now, 90% of kids get loans to overpay for these worthless degrees. So if you take away 90% of those kids, either only kids that truly need to go to college, like if you're going to be an engineer or a doctor or something like that, um, maybe those kids are the ones that go to college and everyone else can um, enter the labor force when they're 18 or 20 or whatever it is, whenever you finish high school and or, at, or uh, a trade school or something like that, or maybe even community college. God, forbid, I can't even believe I'm saying that, but um, they can enter the labor force, maybe learn some skills, learn a trade, um, save up some money. And or maybe the maybe the company they'll work for will pay for the college. Who knows? But the prices will come down because they have to come down if they want to stay in business. And if your concern is that poor people won't be able to go to college, even if they have an aptitude for it and a drive for it and, you know, they want to become doctors and everything like that. That's great. But trust the system that that brings the prices of everything down. Okay, the free market will find a way to make college affordable for the poorest among us, just like they have with cell phones and TVs and computers. And when I say affordable, I mean actually affordable, like the the cost of going to school is lower, not higher. I'm not going to saddle a bunch of poor kids with you know, with a lifetime worth of debt that they can't dispel in bankruptcy in the name of making something affordable. That's not how the free market operates. It does the exact opposite because there's, there's tons of profits to be made in educating the poorest among us because there are far more poor people than there are rich people, and you can make it up on volume. So ha have a little faith in the system that 
has brought us an abundance of wealth that has pulled more poor people out of poverty than any other system known to man and get the government, which fucks up everything that it touches, out of the way. All right. I'm going to wrap there. (laughs) Ah, Maxine Waters. Thank God for Maxine Waters. I mean, how classic was that clip? Um, If it weren't for her and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, this podcast wouldn't be nearly as much fun. And, you know, if anything, they're always good for a laugh. It would be funny if it wasn't so sad and scary. But glad to be back doing the podcast. It actually sucks to be back in Chicago. I got back yesterday. It's literally snowing today. April, what day is it? April 14th. And it's snowing in Chicago. But at least I get to sit here and talk to all you good people. Actually, just talk to myself in a room. But I know you're listening, and that's what counts. Anyway, uh, me and uh, Johnny the Jew Mandel should be back at it um, on Monday. I know there are a lot of people out there who have student loans, who who are thinking about maybe um, taking on a student loan, for themselves or for their kids to go to college. Maybe maybe somebody out there can get a, 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 a copy of this sent to, to Maxine Waters and that, everybody else in the House Financial Services Committee. So do what you can to share the show for me. All right, download and subscribe. You can join our private Facebook group, Peddling Fiction Podcast, and um, follow us on Twitter at Peddling Fiction. Oh, and if you want to become a supporting member of the show, you can do that at peddlingfictionpodcast.com. Click on the supporting members icon. You can donate to the show. Several payment options there for you. You could do a dollar a month, five dollars a month, and all, all that all that great stuff. Donate whatever you want. Um, that helps keep the lights on over here. And if you can do all that, I'll be back either flying solo or it will be the Jew and the Gentile. And until then just keep peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.